0: Hey, what's good? As you wrap up the Proverbs 30 and 31, 31 days, a big Neil, 31 Proverbs. It's been a blessing getting through it and learning. Um, a couple of things that were reiterated throughout the whole time here. Um, number one is that the book of Proverbs, predominantly by King Solomon, is a book of principles. He reiterated his facts and his points several times over and over and over again throughout the different chapters. The first phase of the first part of uh, uh, Proverbs is a lecture from King Solomon. The second part begins around chapter 10, and it's pure reiteration of proverbial sayings, antithetical parallelism, uh, meaning that there's no flow, there's no theme, there are all pretty much assorted sayings, but they say the same things different ways. My assumption is that he was speaking things differently to get a, to try to ignite a different perspective from whoever he was talking to. As wise as Solomon was, I do believe that he understood the fact that there were going to be different mindsets of people who hear the words he has to say, even up to Proverbs 30, which were which, which are still assorted sayings, but not from uh, King Solomon, but words of Agur. Agur, I'm not sure how you want to pronounce it, A-G-U-R. But Agur was, was known to be a collector I collect of items so much, but he collected the wise sayings and observations of others. It's different in this book because, in this, in this chapter, because for, for whatever reason, he decides to say that he is unwise and that he does not know who God is. In verse 2, he says, Surely I am too stupid to be a man. I have not the understanding of a man. I have not learned wisdom, nor have I knowledge of the Holy One. So he's not someone sitting here that's in the same conscious realm of thought as King Solomon. But he is someone who acknowledges what he has uh, picked up from others' experiences and his own. As I have said, Proverbs is a book that you have to learn um, in time through experience, and not always your own, but to others as well. Um, He uses a one thing that sticks out that I wanted to really point out. He uses the saying in Proverbs 30, 30, chapter 30, verse five, every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Verse six, do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. Now this is coming from a man who has said who is too he is too stupid to be a man. He is not a man of understanding. He has not learned wisdom. Nor does he have knowledge of the Holy One, yet he is able to say that every word of God proves to which means that God's words are a proven foundation for, for life. God's words are a proven foundation for life. And this is someone who is a collector of wise sayings and observations of others' experiences in his own. And he has seen this with his own eyes. Okay. Very very important to see that understand that even though whoever this man may be a we you don't know much about him in, the, in the, either the whole context of the Bible but what we do know what I can tell you is this man used his observations, what he has learned to say if anything can be true about life, every word of God proves itself true. Then it goes on in chapter in verse seven through nine which he which is the only prayer in the entire book of Proverbs, and he says, Two things I ask of you. That's the indication that this was a prayer, a petition. Deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me. I believe, and I will say this with conviction, that he is saying that what he needs of life is not anything that that this world can give him. But he wants the things that are needful for him. That what is needful for him obviously is something that he needs from God. But whatever his conscious level is or thought process is, he's not able to attain it for himself. He needs some kind of help. All right? He was a different kind of brother. Verse 21 through uh, 23, I want to jump on that real quick and it reads. Under three three under three things the earth trembles, under four it cannot bear up. A slave when he becomes a king, and a fool when he is filled with food, an unloved woman when she gets a husband, and a maid servant when she displeases I'm sorry, displaces her mistress. Alright, these are things that, that that people get but they have no they are granted things but have not the capacity to handle wisely. In other words, they're promoted promoted above their own level of competence. I read it again. a slave when he becomes king. I will say under three things the earth trembles under four it cannot bear up a slave when he becomes a king and a fool when he is filled with food an unloved woman when she gets a husband and a maid servant when she displeases her displeases her mistress. I want to just use one as an example an unloved woman when she gets a husband. how does that look? As, as I said, this is an example of, of things that people have people things that they have no capacity to enjoy or handle wisely because they're promoted above their own level of competence. An unloved woman who gets a husband is going to struggle. A spouse who gets another spouse, an unloved spouse who gets another spouse is going to struggle in that relationship because they the guard is up, their all their wall is up. They're, they're, they're fearful of so much they don't trust. It's a whole book of things that can go on about trying to love someone who hasn't been able to love before. All right? But these are the kind of things, assorted sayings, again, that are in chapter 30. All right? Uh, 24 through 28 talks about uh, four things on earth are small, but are, they are exceedingly wise. Uh, number first uh, 25, the first one, he says, the answer are a people... The ants are a people not strong, yet they provide their food in the summer. Now, we talk about this, or he talked about this, and King Sodom talked about this back in, I believe it was in verse chapter 2. talks about the ant and throughout the book of Proverbs as well. But These creatures are weak, but they are very important, and they give great lessons. All right? Uh, Anything else in chapter 30 before I go on to 31? We're going to slide right into it. Chapter 31. These are the words of King Lemuel. Here's the thing about King Lemuel. We don't know if he was a real person or not. Theologians believe that sometimes, at times, he could be seen, be seen as King Solomon or another name of King Solomon. We don't know, and I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that. I'm sitting trying to find out. Does it doesn't make, does it make a, a difference to me. Again, in, in this chapter, it's two parts again. The first part is verses 1 through 9, all right? And it simply says, "What are you doing, my son? What are you doing, son of my womb? What are you doing, son of my vows?" Now he talks about my son. Pay attention, my son. Take heed. All through the Bible, all, I mean, all through Proverbs. All right, but this is King Emmanuel. Maybe it's not the same person. And it said, "Do not give your strength to women. Your to, to women. Your ways to those who destroy kings." It is not for kings It is not for kings to drink wine, or for rulers to take strong drink, lest they drink and forget that they, what they have decreed, and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to the one who was perishing, and wine to those in bitter distress. Let them drink and forget their poverty, and re, and remember their misery no more. All right. Um, the first part. Is what you should not do as a king. And this is a part, and the first part is about a mistress. Did you know that? The first part of Proverbs 31 talks about a mistress. Okay? This is what are you doing? What are you doing? This is saying you don't need all those women. Do not give your strength to women, not to one woman, to women. W O M E N, not to one woman. It's talking about what happens when you give up and you start thinking about. Uh, parlaying with, with a bunch of women. You're going to lose yourself. Then, we get to verse 10. It talks about the woman who fears the Lord. It says, "It says an excellent woman who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchants she brings her food from afar and it goes all, the way back, all through verse 31 now listen this is talking about a woman who was excellent in every manner uh she's excellent in manually doing work she's actually in the commercial field administrative and interpersonal skills this is what the kind of woman that the mother is said to want for her son this is not a real physical woman this is an epitome of a woman, the image of a woman, the makeup of a woman that is said to be worthy, for, to, uh, to be fit, to be fit for a king. She's appropriate in every way that you can that one can desire and, and wish for. OK, you just need one good woman. Now, that theme that I could say about in the whole book of Proverbs, it's one theme in this book in, uh in chapter 31 that said you just need one woman. You don't need a bunch of women as King Solomon did, but you need one good one, an excellent one. He can go on and on about different things, what it means, but I sum that up to say uh, what it says in verse 30. It says, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. If you go back to chapter one, verse, verse seven, I'm going to do it right now. I want to read it verbatim in the very first chapter and where, where we started from, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Verse 30, 31 and 30, uh, Charm with beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge. What am I saying? Is that fear of the Lord often comes with the help of a woman. Woman who fears the Lord, the Lord is to be praised. But a man who understands the value of that woman will do all he has to do to maintain in her goodwill. And if she is in the goodwill of God, it all works together. It's one big old cycle. Okay, all to say that the woman has a great influence on her man. She does know which way around it. Of all the things that God told Solomon to stay away from, he told him to stay away from the women who serve other gods because they would turn him to foreign gods. And surely he did in Kings chapter 11. A woman is very vital to the success or the downfall of every man in the man. And that's how it ended. That's how the book ended. Because it's true. So I want you to go back and read Proverbs 30 and 31. I was... uh, excited to get through it. I'm not going to sit and say it I learned um, something so revelatory as of right now because I'm still soaking it all in. But one thing that I did learn that I will take from this is that this is not a book of uh, promises or, or prayers or psalms or um, anything of that sort. This is a book of principle. And I'm learning from day by day through conversation and other readings as well, how important it is to be to have a principle and be, be on principle to be effective in anything that you do. So I thank you for going with me with these 31 days and 31 Proverbs. Uh, the next thing I'll be going into is the revelatory work of Christ. Uh, stay tuned for that. I do love with the love of Christ. Check up. Bless up. Love you.